Welcome to the Movement Church in Orange County, California. We believe that today's message will inspire you, challenge you, and raise your faith that God is up to something big in your life. Let's jump into today's message. We're glad you're with us. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great start to the year. In fact, we always kick things off with a bang and just believing that God's going to do some great things. And uh, we're, we're going to talk today about a new thing happening at the Movement Church. But every year we start with prayer and fasting. And so this year we're kicking off prayer and fasting. And it starts today. We've already started praying. But tomorrow morning... At 6.30 a.m. on Zoom, it's the easiest prayer meeting you've ever been a part of, but it will charge your faith. It's the most simple yet profound thing on the planet. You ch- turn into, ch- tune into Zoom. Uh, please either have clothes on or turn your camera off. And our team and people we've already talked to will be praying specifically for some big things this year. And uh, somebody's going to share an encouraging little nugget of faith with you and then you jump off and go into your commute. A lot of people have their, their phone up while they're driving in, and it's going to be awesome. So Monday through Friday, 6.30 to 7 a.m., and it'll conclude on Saturday at our friend's church, South Coast, which is where our students meet on Tuesday nights. And uh, we're going to have a time of corporate prayer. It's, I'm telling you, if you've not been, you've missed out. It's amazing. It's encouraging. And uh, it's going to be great. But here's my challenge to you. Don't just pray with us, but choose something to fast. And you know what fasting is. And it's cutting something out of your regular, ordinary life and, in, and incorporating something full of faith into that. So it might be, you know, maybe sugar for you, or maybe it's beverages that you, you're cutting out for the month of January, or maybe it's social media, or maybe it's screen time. But don't just remove it, replace it with some extra prayer. Replace it with some extra time in the Word. And there's something beautiful that happens when we deny ourselves for the purposes of focusing our attention on what God wants to do. And so if you've never done that before, I'm not talking about intermittent fasting for the sake of a diet here, okay? I'm talking about removing something that's normal and replacing it something that's going to build your faith. Are y'all tracking with me? And watch what God's going to do in seven days. It's just going to be a great start to the year. Well, we are launching today into season one. And uh, thank you, Bianca. And y'all are like, well, great. What does that mean? Well, we've, we're starting something brand new at our church where we're going to go into seasons three times a year. And I think that they have a, a calendar to kind of show you what it looks like. Each season is four months. Oh, they do. Look at that. Each season is four months long, and it's filled with intentionality, with spiritual focus, and each one is geared around a theme. And the reason we're doing this is because the scriptures say in Ecclesiastes 3, For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Some of you are thinking of the song, but you're not old enough to know it, but this is moving on. But you get this because the earth moves in seasons. We actually had winter show up today. Can I get an amen? Meanwhile, my friends on the East Coast had to shut down church because of snow. We're like, oh, it's so cold outside. But it's still, it's winter, right? Hey, praise God. We got a little bit of winter. Fashion operates in seasons. Sports operating. So we're in the greatest season of sports right now in the history of mankind. We are approaching the Super Bowl. And then after the Super Bowl, it's the worst season in the history of me. We got to watch hockey and baseball for like 18 months until the earth operates in seasons. Your life 
operates in seasons, and as a church, we're going to follow that flow. Three seasons a year. And what this is going to do is help us align our hearts and focus on what God's going to do and bring unity within our church. Each season will have different components. Season one and three will have connect group semesters. Season two will have rally points like student camp, women's conference, men's camp conference something. We're not going to tell any of the ladies about it. Only do is get to come. Each season we'll have community outreach where we reach back into Orange County just to say, hey, we're here for you with no strings attached. Each season we'll have an invite Sunday where we're gonna give you an opportunity at a great rally point to invite your friends because your friends need Jesus and you're gonna find Jesus at the movement church. Can I get an amen? Each season we'll have a movement night where we just linger in worship and lean into the presence of God and have team nights. Each season we'll kick off with seven days of prayer. And so I believe God's gonna take this and align our hearts and lives as a church because we are a living entity. We are an organization that goes beyond a, a nonprofit 501c3. We are what's called a family. Turn to your neighbor and say, we family. We're a family. It's so much bigger than just what happens on Sundays. It's so much bigger than you and I can possibly imagine. And then we're a part of a broader sense of family when there's thousands upon hundreds of thousands of churches gathering today all around the world. And I believe this new season launch for us is gonna align our hearts and unify us like never before. And each season we'll have a new theme. Each season we're gonna give you some resources to do some introspection and some heart search and prayer points to rally around. Because I believe if we'll lean in, God's going to do something pretty awesome. In fact, can I get my ushers to help me? I think we are ready. Maybe not in just a minute we're going to be ready to pass. We've got something for you. It looks just like this. It's a little cling. We want you to put it on your mirror, put it on your refrigerator, wherever you go daily. Uh, we know you go to your mirror and your refrigerator daily. So just put it somewhere. Because I want to just challenge you to make sure that you're leaning in. It's not just about what happens here on Sundays. It's going to give you opportunities throughout the week. And this year, as we launch into season, our season theme is Bold as Lions. Everyone say, Bold as Lions. Let me pray, and then we're going to dive in. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you that you're already moving in a miraculous way. And Lord, we want to see you just continue to blow our minds, to accelerate dreams, to build our faith, God, as we move forward in, in, in boldness like you've created us to. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Ushers, go ahead and pass it. Grab one of these clings, hang on to it. I think you peel off the back. Like I said, it'll stick on your mirror. It will come off right away. Put it on your refrigerator. It's got a little QR code. Take a minute and scan that today, and I'm gonna give you a digital booklet that's gonna talk about all the components of the season. Some things for you to be thinking through and praying through and, 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 and holding on to, but also dates for upcoming things you don't want to miss this. And the reason that we're going with this theme, Bold as Lions, is because in the ancient Near East, lions were this prominent figure. Uh, they held huge significance. In fact, in the Old Testament, lions are mentioned over 130 times. And every time they're mentioned, they're symbols of authority. They're symbols of power. They're symbols of confidence and victory. And then we read in Proverbs 28, verse 1, and this is our theme for this entire season. 
The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. What an interesting paradox, isn't it? The wicked flee when no one pursues. In other words, there's something about this, this concept of fear that overwhelms those whose heart are not aligned with the heart of God. But the Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions, and we believe this is a year for us to walk with boldness. Shake your neighbor and say he's talking to you. This year for us to walk with boldness. I believe God desires you to operate from a place of confidence, from a place of authority, from a place of victory, bold new beginnings in your life, walking in boldness and walking in the purpose that you were created for. So what does it look like to be as bold as lions? This is written in the digital booklet that if you scan that QR code, you'll find, but this is it. Our mission is to boldly advance the kingdom of God in Orange County. We will be a community of faith that boldly walks in righteousness, setting an example with our lives. Our faith will be inspirational in every arena of our influence. Bold faith is never hidden. Listen to me. Bold faith is never hidden. It's on display for all to see. We will boldly pray for the sick, the hurting, the broken, with expectations to see God do the miraculous in their lives. We will not shrink back, but we will make sure that our friends, our family, our coworkers, and our neighbors have an opportunity to find Jesus and find mission. Come on, that's worth a round of applause right there. What I love about this and what I want to take a few moments is, is explaining the concept behind this verse, the righteous are bold as lions. And really, today I'm teeing up the series that begins next week called Thirsty. Turn to your neighbor and say, you thirsty. You do not want to miss it. It's going to be an amazing start to the year. But when we look at the scripture, it specifically says the righteous are as bold as lions. Everyone say the righteous. There's this insinuation that this boldness is a derivative of righteousness. And righteousness is to walk in right standing with God. And we're called to this. If you're here and you're a believer, this scripture is for you. If you're here and you're not a believer, then you get a hall pass on this. But the Bible calls us to walk in righteousness, and I believe there's a vacuum of righteousness in our world today by Christians, not this church, it's all the other churches. <laughs> and God is calling us to walk in righteousness, to be in right standing with him. And to walk in righteousness is to be a disciple. Everyone say a disciple. And this is what we're called as Christians, as disciples, which means to follow, to learn to sit, to be taught. When Jesus left, his last words to his closest people, his friends, was go and make disciples. And some of you are missing this component. You might be here and be a Christian who has a hall pass into heaven but not be walking as a disciple. I was just thinking about this, and I was thinking about my friend Justin Witt who was on the drums this morning, and if he's not on the drums, he's often running sound. And if he's not running sound, he's operating a camera. And if he's, I mean, he's just a jack of all trade and a master of them all. And a few years ago, Justin's story was radically altered when his wife passed away from cancer. I didn't ask him for permission to share this story, so I hope he stays in our church after this. <laughs> and we met his wife, Sharon, when they got to California, and they were here in our church together for years, and we were praying for healing but God had plans different than our plans, and he healed her in ways that we couldn't have understood. 
And it's something like that that has the power to take you out as an individual. If you don't think so, then you actually haven't experienced something that challenging. We leaned in as a church family, but as a pastor, I just watched. And there's a transformation that took place in his life that has blown my mind. I saw him lean into the word of God. I saw him lean into community. And I saw him allow God to do a transformational work. And he went from kind of being a guy on the outskirts who could do a lot of things but wasn't really engaged to growing into a place of spiritual maturity that to me as a pastor is inspirational. He took a leap of faith and started leading a connect group for guys who ride motorcycles. I attend the group, not because I like guys, I like motorcycles. Can I get an amen? (laughs) And this has become one of my favorite connect groups. He's become an amazing leader who inspires other dudes. How did that happen? Because he made a choice to be a disciple. And some of you in the room, you feel stuck. You feel lethargic in your faith. Or you identify as someone who's a Christian, but you're not really a disciple. And you're not flourishing because you were created to follow Jesus. You were created to walk in righteousness. And maybe for you this year, the key is to do exactly what Justin did in his life, and that's just to make the decision today, I'm going to follow you. The righteous are as bold as lions. And to walk in righteousness means to be a disciple. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 8. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you. This passage actually gives the full picture of what it means to be a disciple. Discipleship begins with belief. It begins with belief. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, There's a starting point for discipleship, and it is belief. Listen to me. Some of you in here, you've believed for years, so maybe this component isn't for you, but some of you still struggle with this. It means that I'm believing in who Jesus was, what he did, listen, and accepting what he says is true. It's choosing to believe what Jesus says about God's grace and mercy and love, but also what he says about the terror and the consequences of sin. It's choosing to believe that what he says about the real meaning of life, to be a disciple, begins with belief. And some of you might be struggling with belief, and this is the year to change that, to cross that threshold, if you will. Are you tracking with me? But discipleship doesn't end there. The righteous are as bold as lions. To walk in righteousness is to be a disciple. We begin with belief, but discipleship means remaining in the word. And I like to start the year off here every year because most Christians I know, in fact, most pastors I know, undervalue the importance of daily reading the scripture. It's the word of God. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You know what the word abide means in the original Greek? To take up residence, to reside. 
The Bible is not a news article that we read once and then we put it away until the next newest article comes out. The Bible is the living word. In fact, it's called the logos. Everyone say logos. That means the living word. Hebrews 4 says it like this. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Another translation says sharper than a surgeon's scalpel. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I believe there's a lot of Christians who are stuck in life not flourishing because they've failed to or chosen to remove the power of the word from doing surgery on their heart. And you're like, man, I just feel stuck. Yeah, well, are you in the word right now? When we say the living word, it's the only book that has the power to uniquely speak to you in the moment, even if you read the same verse every stinking day. Because the one who created the heavens and the earth and created your soul and knit you together in your mother's womb wrote the word for you. And you need it in your life on a daily basis. I know some of you are like, where do I start? Like, pull if you have a brick and mortar Bible, flip it open, close your eyes, point, and that never is a good plan. We, we have a reading plan on our app. It's called Step Reading. Everything, I've done videos. You just, just get on our app, follow along, it'll help you. But it, it, the best thing to do is be in a connect group. One of our great members of our church, Mike Argento, has helped us build this beautiful connect group curriculum called Understanding the Bible. It is the most simple yet profound way to understand what the scripture says. Can I just tell you that I don't do anything in life unless it's based upon what the word of God says. The very first verse of the book of John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. The word logos is synonymous with the word Christ. It is one and the same. And if you don't have it in your life, you are missing out. I'm just telling you, I don't, I'm not here to shame you. I don't, I'm not here to, to bring condemnation, but I'm here to challenge you because I believe God's calling us to step up in our faith. That this is a year to stop being infants in our faith and to start to grow in maturity. Are you with me? Like we need to mature. We need to grow. You would never, if you had a child, you would never want them to stay in a high chair eating baby food for the rest of their life. You kick them out of your house. Some of you need to kick your kids out of your house right now, but that's another prayer right there. You want them to grow. You want them to mature. I want to be bold this year, and to be bold means I've got to walk in righteousness. To walk in righteousness means I choose to be a disciple. Discipleship has an end, a beginning, but there is no end in this life. So you don't arrive at a position like you get your master's in discipleship and you don't have to worry about it anymore. It is a lifelong process that leads to your flourishing. If you're stuck, maybe this is what you're missing. Are you with me? We want to help you understand the word, but when I get into the word, that means I'm listening. The Bible says it's a light lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So I'm doing less talking. I'm doing more listening. God, what are you trying to say to me? God, where are you trying to take me? It is a lamp unto my feet, which means God's illuminating where I'm at and what he is doing in my life. And it is a light unto my path, which means he's not telling us the exact specificity of everything he's going to do in our life. He's just helping me take my next step forward. Oh, if you don't listening to what God is saying in the word, then you're missing out. But it doesn't just stop with listening. We also have to be learning. Turn your neighbor and say learning. 
The word disciple literally means to be taught, to be trained, to be a pupil. It means to, to allow God to do transformational growth. I'm not talking about knowledge acquisition here. I'm talking about what we saw happen in my friend Justin. He's been on this journey for two and a half years, three, almost three, and, and I'm seeing it take place. He's not just reading the Bible, he's applying the word of God. And see, we want to be spoon-fed, don't we, when it comes to our faith. We want the good-looking, incredibly bald pastor who's so sharp and so strong, we just love him. So We want him to just tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do, and then I'm good. But no! You're to be a disciple of what God wants to do in your life. My job is not to baby feed you and spoon feed you. Your job is to feed yourself. Are you with me? Is everybody feeling encouraged? You know, I feel like I'm beating you up. I'm not trying to beat you up today. I, I love you with my whole heart. But listen, I'm, I'm so tired of lethargic, pansy, I'm, eight, I'm trying not to cuss because I'm thinking things. Christians who are just barely doing anything with their life. And then we have, a, this year, we're going to be bold as lions. We're going to talk about politics this year. So buckle your seatbelt and get ready. We're going to talk about things that are frustrating and challenging. Why? Because the word of God says stuff about it. Are you with me? So I'm tired of Christians who are just like, let me just come in and sit down. Hopefully not in the middle, but the ushers always make me sit in the middle. Let me just come in and sit down, sing the songs, and then I'm going to be good. And then I'm going to get up tomorrow, and I'm going to do my life. And I'm not actually going to allow the fullness of God to revolutionize what's happening on the inside. To see the fullness of dreams come to fruition. To walk through pain, but no peace. God, I, that's what I want for you. And you can't have that in your life unless you choose to be a disciple. So it means listening, it means learning, it means excavating. What does that mean? That I'm constantly digging into what the word has to say, what it can say, that, that I'm just allowing God to give me a, what the word of God says, a rhema word, a fresh word. I've been reading a proverb a day for 25 years. I've read through that book at least 25, well, I mean, my goodness, actually 25 years times 12 months. I mean, like I've read it so many times and every year something new comes out. Every year. Every year. So I'm excavating the word of God, but I'm also obeying. Turn to your neighbor say obeying. That's righteousness. That's where we bifurcate. That's where the fork in the road happens. I love to hear the stories. I love to know the Greek words. I love to know what was happening culturally in history. But just chill out before you ask me to change my lifestyle. Chill out. We want like an open dating relationship with God. Like we date when I'm bored and I don't have other friends to hang with, but then there might be times I want to go date somebody else. And then I'll come back and hang when, are y'all with me? Not this church, other churches. <laughs> the righteous are as bold as lions. To walk in righteousness is to be a disciple. It begins with belief. It means remaining in the word. And discipleship is founded in the truth. It's founded in the truth, and here is where we struggle. By the way, I've had this stupid cough for eight weeks, so somebody give me a remedy after service. Unless it's doTERRA, and then don't give me a remedy. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Peppermint eucalyptus, that's all you need. <clears throat> I also sleep with mouth tape. Have y'all done that? <laughs> if you haven't, if you snore, 
or you're a mouth breather, get some mouth tape. It changed my life. You put a little piece of tape on your mouth, and you just breathe through your nose. I sleep like a baby, but last night I forgot to put it on, and I woke up every hour. Give it a shot. That's, I'm starting a multi-level marketing company. In fact, today, yeah, meet the movement. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Meet the movement. We're going to talk about how if you just bring five people signed up underneath you, you can make millions by the end of the year. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Discipleship is founded in the truth, the scripture, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth. It insinuates. It isn't even a, a recommendation. It isn't Jesus suggesting this as an option. He's authoritatively telling you and me that I will only know the truth when I believe in him and abide in him because he is the truth. Jesus said that. I am the way, the, and the life. Can I just boldly and encouragingly say God is not looking for your opinion on truth. He doesn't care about your generation's opinion of truth. Truth is established. When Newton discovered the law of gravity, he didn't discover gravity. It already existed. Are you with me? Truth is already established. God's not trying to figure out what the truth is. And the truth is painful. That's why the word is called the living word. Active and alive. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Able to separate the soul asunder from the spirit. What does that mean? That the word of God actually defines and divides what I want from what he wants. It illuminates, hey, Carrie, you're being a knucklehead. You think this is what's right, but let me tell you what right is. Hey, Carrie, you think you want to treat your wife this way, but let me show you my word for you. And that is painful. It's not painful when God's word aligns with what you want. That's awesome. When the Bible aligns, if I can go read a scripture and prove my wife wrong in an argument, come on, Jesus. Like, I'm not that so painful. I'm like, this is amazing. But when God's word illuminates where my self-deception is winning, the greatest form of deception, by the way, friends, is self-deception. We're really good at it. All of us in this room have a PhD in justification. We're great at justifying our actions. We're great at justifying our thoughts. We're great at justifying our decisions. We're great at justifying our behavior. We're great at justifying our attitude. We're really good at it. That's why you need a connect group. Because you need somebody else to go, bro, you are an engineer. You need to read the word. <laughs> you need a mirror. That's why the Bible says that my wife is a helpmate because I help her when she's wrong. Can I get an amen? Are you with me? Why? Because we need to know the truth. We need to know the truth. It doesn't matter what you believe about gravity. If you decide that you believe you can fly, you believe you can touch the sky, you think about it every night and day to spread your wings and, and you go to the roof and you jump off. What's going to happen? 
It's going to hurt. Are you with me? So it doesn't matter if you think it's true, if it isn't the truth. We had a guy that was a custodian at my church in Dallas 30 years ago, and he thought Jesus was returning in the year 2000. Y'all remember, the, how many of you old enough to remember Y2K and the scare? Yeah. So he just got like four or five credit cards and racked up all his credit card debt, and I think he's in prison right now. It doesn't matter if you think it's truth, if it's not the truth. And that seems silly, but what we do is we've been the narrative, we've been truth to our narrative on a regular basis. I see it happen all the time. Young people get into a relationship and they start dating and they decide that now because I'm in a relationship and I'm passionate and I love this person and I'm going to be with them for the rest of my life, God's word regarding sexual ethics no longer pertains to me. Selah. I'm going to bend the truth to my narrative. You know, it's great, but it's kind of old school. God, thank you for giving people thousands of years ago those principles for flourishing. But let me tell you today what I believe is principles for my flourishing. We bend the truth to our narrative on a consistent basis. The problem is we're not actually walking in the truth and it leads to destruction. In fact, Paul referred to it as slavery and bondage to sin. He constantly used that. If you read through Romans, he uses the illustration of sin as slavery and bondage. If, if you read the, the books, Lord of the Rings, or you watch the movies, J.R.R. Tolkien, he, he literally was using a story as an allegory to send the ring, the one ring to rule them all and in the darkness bind them. Yes, I've read the books multiple times. I'm kind of a nerd. It's illustrating the power of sin. That's why the character Gollum, he's such a key character. Remember that Gollum, that guy. My precious, that guy. He was a regular hobbit and the power of sin had this corrosive effect and it morphed and it shifted his body and Tolkien was showing us in, in, in the visual realm what the power of corrosive sin has on our life. And so the challenging part is most normal good people aren't pursuing psychotically horrible sin. Those guys and gals end up in prison because they're psychopaths. You're not like that. But here's the problem, is that sin and truth, my truth, it looks like what I want it to look like. So it has the appearance of all that is good, which is why the Bible tells us that Satan will often show up as an angel of light. It looks good. It feels good. It seems right. God you love me, and if you love me, then obviously this is okay. But slowly, little by little, my soul and my spirit are shifting into this thing that I am not created to be. And it's because at some point, I exchanged the truth with my truth. And I want you to be bold as lions this year. To be bold as lions means you got to walk in righteousness. And to walk in righteousness means I'm a disciple. 
And to be a disciple means I need to know the truth. The beautiful part of the scripture and what Paul illustrates so well when he uses the power of sin with the, the metaphor of slavery and bondage is that Jesus goes on and he says something so profound. He spoke to the Jews who believed and he said, if you abide in me, you will be my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will... Beautiful. See, God's plan always leads to our flourishing. My plan always leads to bondage and destruction. And I want you to be as bold as lions, but you cannot have it your way. BK, have it your way. That's not the way this rolls. Whopper, whopper, it's the worst commercial ever. <laughs> the righteous are as bold as lions. To walk in righteousness, I must be a disciple. It begins with belief. I must remain in the word. It's founded on the truth, but ultimately being a disciple, a disciple results in freedom. All the story I was illustrating and unpacking for you about my friend Justin, that's ultimately what he's walking into and in is freedom. I love, we, we get the chance to talk often and, and I hope he doesn't get mad at me for sharing this. We'll find out. If he gets up and leaves and he's not playing drums at the end of the service, you know why. I, I said, what, you know, like, tell me where you're at. He said, you know, I just, I finally, these are my own paraphrase, but it's, it's pretty accurate. I just realized this is the way I was supposed to live my whole life. Whew. I said, do you ever have regrets about that? He goes, well, sure. I said, stop that. Because what's not important is what happened yesterday. What's important is what's happening tomorrow. And I want that for you. But you can't have it your way. It doesn't work that way. God, it can never be second place. I want that freedom from you, for you. I don't want freedom from you. I want freedom for you. Freedom from fear. You can never have to walk alone. The word of God says that perfect love casts out all fear. Freedom from self. Some of you are your, your biggest enemies. You are your own worst enemy. Just whether you're hitting the, the self-explosive button, whatever it is. I freedom from self. Why? Because God create, makes you a new creation. And you can't change yourself on your own. You need the power of what God can do in your life. Freedom from others. The thoughts and perceptions and opinions that other people have of you. Or more importantly, what you think they have. One commentator said this, that the voice of our neighbors often sounds louder to our ears than the voice of God. And mostly I want freedom for you from sin. And some of you sin is just, it's overtaking your life. Just like, like Gollum. It's just, it's, it's warped. And here's, you know, here's how I know that sin has taken its prime effect is because you just feel like this is kind of how it is now and there's not really, there's no way to go back and change it so this is probably who I'm always going to be and that's a lie from the pit of hell. This year is a year for you to step up and step forward into the things that God has to walk bold as lions but some of you just need freedom from sin and it's time to start walking as a disciple. Like that's what I want for our church. That at the end of this year, 
we'll look back, we're going to see mistakes. Perfection is never the goal. It's never the goal. But we'll, we'll be able to look back and go, wow, look at how far we've come. Look at what God has done. And you know, the only way that God can do it is if we give him permission to do it. And I want that. What a message. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, connect with us by texting Jesus to 949-267-3242. And if you're local to Orange County, be sure to check us out on Sundays. You can get all the information at theocmovement.com.